Welcome to the Happy Mama Village podcast with Brian and Annie, a podcast about mamas, for mamas, and by mamas. Welcome back to the Happy Mama Village podcast, episode four. This is your host, Brian Zielinski. And Annie Henderson. We are so glad you have joined us here at our village where we talk about all things pertaining to happy mamas, like relationships, parenting, shopping at Target, self-care, etc. While you are here, don't forget to please like this episode and join our Facebook page, The Happy Mama Village. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, Andy and I are both offering one free coaching session per person. Woohoo. So if you want to claim that free session, or even if you have someone else in mind and want to share this episode with them and have them message us, you can um, reach out on Facebook to claim your free session. And um, you can also email us at happymamavillage at gmail.com. Awesome. Speaking of mamas, it was Mother's Day. It was Mother's Day recently. Um, and I know um, in talking about divorce, I actually delayed my Mother's Day celebration a week. Um, so it was a, a little bit different. I'm not a huge person that celebrates big time. Um, and we will talk a little bit more about love languages today and why, you know, certain, certain people have certain um, needs that need to be met. Um, so what do you, how was your mother's day? You know, it's so funny. You should ask because I was just thinking like holidays are like a big deal to me. Like <laughs> I like making a big deal out we are of opposites, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. See, we're a great team. We're a great That's team. perfect. So, um, so I love the idea of, um, of special events, special occasions. Now, um, obviously Mother's Day, somebody else usually plans that. It's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I do really, I like the making the memories and, and that means a lot to me. Funny that you should ask how mine was because it was completely non-existent. <laughs> we, we, but it was okay. It turned out to be okay. We ended up going to Abilene because my niece was getting baptized. So the whole day, we got, we got up at like six in the morning, drove two and a half hours, two and a half hours back. So um, but we got to spend time with family. So uh, right. it really wasn't about me. It was about somebody else. And that's, that's different. But so if you didn't hear it enough, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs> to celebrate you a little extra. <laughs> uh, about you? Um, so it was, it was kind of nice. So Scar- Scarlett was with her, her dad. And on Mother's Day, we had a nice chunk of time where we got to celebrate my, my mom. We made her dinner. Uh, I made her watch a scary movie. <laughs> oh, um, interesting choice. I know. And she's not that kind of person, but, she, but I think she just enjoyed <laughs> being with us. Um, and I, I, we celebrated my, my grandma who is 99 this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's an amazing matriarch. Um, and we we adore her. So that was fun to just, you know, not have to split time on the actual Mother's Day. And then Sunday we had some me time um, and just some adventures, some kayaking, some 
breakfast for dinner, which is, I love breakfast. I love that. Yeah, me too. But we will get into love languages. Oh, nice. Saw on Facebook where you put a little teaser for yours. I did. Okay. So that leads us right into it. Today Let's... is part four of our series on divorce and parenting. Guys, there is so much we could say on this topic. It's hard to decide what to talk about next. So far, we've covered setting expectations and consistency at mama's house, um, communication, technology. But today is the one topic I'm probably most excited about. <laughs> Love languages. So Annie, let's just get straight down to business and you can start by giving us a quick overview on love language, love languages and, and tell us why this one topic was included in this series on divorce and parenting. That is an excellent question. So the five love languages, I read this book long time ago. It's Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, um, you can Google that any anytime. There's a book, and the reason I do love the book is because it has so many great stories and examples. And it originally started off with Dr. Chapman studying marriages and hearing um, kind of a pattern of complaints from from partners and spouses about not feeling like they were loved, even though on the other side, the person would be like, of course I love them. Like I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing what I know to do. Um, so he researched that and then created um, the five love languages. Now when talking about families, uh, I recommend this to everyone because, you know, if, if you're not a book person, you can easily go to this site and they have quick quizzes for, you know, yourself. Um, but they also have a quiz for kids. Uh, and if you, if once you really get to know them, you can probably start figuring people out just by thinking about them. But just starting out, there are five love languages. The first one is words of affirmation. And that is mine. Okay. Good <laughs> to know. Annie, you look wonderful today. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That I am still working on accepting verbal <laughs> words of affirmation, but you know, if you want to drop me a review <laughs> or so it was just mother's day. Okay. So you heard it here, folks. If you want <laughs> Annie to feel loved, you need to give us some reviews and some likes, <laughs> just <laughs> just kidding. Kidding. but yes, e- like written stuff that I can keep forever. So here's a perfect example, cards and for Mother's Day or, or birthdays, any of those, if you pick up a card from the store and it has all this beautiful, you know, writing that someone else thought up and is very sweet, and then you just sign your name, I, <laughs> is the most depressing thing. It doesn't count. It will be recycled. It was, I mean, it's, I understand there's thought behind it and gosh, those things cost so much money just for one card but yes. it is not a keeper. So we luckily are, I have big time. So I'm going to interrupt you real quick. So yeah, we're, yeah. we're big in our family about homemade cards. I, I, and, and partially it's because I'm cheap, No, uh, that's cheap. but, but partially it's because, Hey, I want to feel like somebody put some effort into it. And, uh-huh. and it, and it was because for years in my first marriage, uh, my ex-husband would just give me cards and he wouldn't even sign them. Oh, like it was like Annie, it was like, the very minimum. 
<laughs> so it's funny That's that you cool. say that just signing it wasn't enough. Like he didn't even do that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm horrified. <laughs> I'm so I will send you, I've got to make up for that. That's terrible. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So, so many great reasons to make a homemade card for one, for kids, it's great practice in handwriting, um, spelling, just, you know, empathy, how to write a good letter. Like you said, it's so cost effective. Um, and they're just keepable. They're, they're so, you want to keep those because you can, you know, compare year to year. They put a lot into it. Now, some people, as you know, there's five love languages. Um, <laughs> I remember writing this letter that I was just put my heart into. And I remember at the end of the year, cause I'm a teacher and of course teachers get tons of that, but I saw it in someone's trash and I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> wow. They're not a love language person and that's okay. I'm the person that has shoebox, you know, full of letters and mementos and all of that's, that's who I am. So you can probably look around in your family and in your life and friends, and you can kind of get the gist of who is a love language, um, words of affirmation kind of person. Do you have any off the top of your head that you might can identify? Um, words of affirmation. You know, I, so I took the quiz that that was the teaser that I posted was uh -huh. that I went online and I took the quiz. I want to say it took maybe five minutes. It wasn't very long, super easy. And mine is physical touch and quality time, which I was kind of surprised. I would have thought that acts of service was, <laughs> was, was, was mine. Um, and I was a little bit surprised by the physical touch. But when I think about it, I love that my current husband, he likes to have just his hands on me in some way, whether it's holding my hand or putting his hand on my leg or, or rubbing he likes to touch my skin yeah. um yep. he would be he would prefer to be touching my skin somewhere than like on top of my clothes and that it does it does something for me um much more so even than if he was to um say I look pretty I mean don't get me wrong I mean everybody wants to hear they look pretty you know uh but knowing that he wants to be close to me knowing that he wants to touch me knowing that he tries to get close to me to touch me it means a lot. It does fill my bucket. It does. Well, good. Yeah. And usually if you haven't taken the quiz yet, like she said, it's quick and easy. And as Brian pointed out, she thought she might be something else. And these two were even more important. So um, as I said, you can Google fivelovelanguages.com to take the quiz. Um, if you're familiar with my site, anniemhenderson.com, under my resources, my resources, there's a button where you can click to go to the same page. So whatever's easier, go and take that just for you to know. And like I said, you can easily share that with a spouse, have your kids do it. Uh, you know, if you're realizing there were some gaps, maybe you want your parents to do it or your siblings. It's just a quick, easy quiz. And they have other quizzes on there too. So definitely check it out. And, right. and you know, uh, so this is what I've kind of realized or what I've heard for years. And I think this is a really common example is men at least the, this is what I've heard. A lot of men, their love language is physical touch, which means they, they want to receive physical touch. And um, so when their wives maybe aren't as interested in intimacy, it affects them differently. 
it, it is, they do take it personally because that's how they receive love. And, and so if we can, that's just kind of one example. If mm-hmm. we can learn how to love people the way they need to be loved, not the way that's most comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. Like just because I'm physical touch, that doesn't mean that he is um, or that my children are. You know, I, I have a daughter that used to um, rub our thumbs, which was a really weird kind of little thing <laughs> that she did, but she liked rubbing our thumbs. And so she needed that physical touch. Um, right. And yeah, as you point out, the physical touch can be from holding hands to putting your arm around them at, you know, in the car or at church or wherever. Um, it's just a wide range of, of things. But yeah, that, that simple, just, yeah, if they're, if they're physical touch. Feel, yeah, you may feel like you're, um, you're showing love. You know, like I feel like I'm showing mm-hmm. her love by um, words of affirmation. You know, sweetie, you're doing a great job. Sweetie, you're so smart. You know, sweetie, you're so important to me. But if that's not how she needs to receive love, if what she needs is somebody that's touching her and, you know, scratching her back and just rubbing her thumb, um, giving her hugs and kisses, then then it's kind of falling on deaf ears, Right. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And and it doesn't mean ignore the other five love languages or the other four. But yes, you're right. I my I of course being a words of affirmation, I pour it out all over my daughter who I think she still likes it, but you know, she'll she'll toss a letter from mom. <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not mean anything, but she she's the same as you. Quality time and physical touch. So snuggling on the couch you know, making sure we talked about, you know, communication and technology before, um, putting away my phone and not, you know, not being on it when I'm with her quality time is, you know, Oh, sorry. I did want to say this. Um, so quality time, uh, this goes back to a, a story and I don't believe I've told it already, but when Scarlett was little, we, I thought, you know, I thought playground, you know, stopping off the playground had to be 30 minutes, an hour, like a, you know, a big ordeal. And one day we were passing by and she, she said, can I, uh, can we stop in at the park and play? And I was like, I was like, you know what? We would only have like five or 10 minutes. And she was like, okay. And I was like, whoa, really? (laughs) So I was like, all right, I'm going to set my clock. We'll go play, play, play. And then we'll run back. Um, as soon as the alarm goes off and she was like, deal. And we jumped out, ran around for like five minutes, ran back and it was check that has been done. It was so easy and it didn't have to be a big event or even on the calendar as a huge time chunk. It was, she needed quality time and it was easily met. Awesome. So that's a good, that's, that's a good tip. I do, I do want to share with parents is little bits of time mean a lot. It doesn't have to be an event. You don't have to spend lots of money and go to Six Flags or on a huge vacation. If they're a quality time kiddo, they need um, just little chunks. If, if it's like a weekly thing where you can give them, you know, 30 minutes of undivided time, whether it's walking the dog, um, doing something together where it's just the two of you. And I know it's a little tougher, the bigger the families get, but it is very important to carve out some individual time for you and, and that kiddo. 
How does that work with you and your family, Brian? Sure, sure. And and I'm glad that one reason why I'm so glad that we're doing this series is that I've never, even though I read this book uh, many, many years ago, um, I I haven't really been intentional intentional about thinking about love languages. Mm-hmm. You know? And and now I'm sitting here thinking about it like, oh, like I've I really haven't ever considered it for my children. You know, I've thought about it for, you know, my marriage, my marriages, but Mm -hmm. not in my relationship with my kids. And that's why I think this is so, uh, I'm so excited about it is because now it's such a great tool. Like I really can start utilizing this and, and with more than one kid, um, you do have to be so intentional about, um, how you're parenting, you know, cause what works with one doesn't always work with the other one. They're exactly. so different. And, and for us, I know some families, kids are very similar. My two girls are extremely, they're actually like opposites mm-hmm. in so many ways. Like one of them is super shy. Um, won't, you know, talk to strangers really struggles with that. The other one can talk to anybody and it's fine. Um, but then that one is very insecure about her own abilities where the other one, the shy one, she thinks she can conquer the world. Like she thinks she can, you know, at three years old, we were going to do a 5k and she was like, Oh, I'm going to win. She was three. I mean, like she's just so full of self-confidence, you know? So they're very opposite in lots of ways and, and, and how they need to be loved is I think also very different. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So um, I think, I think Brooklyn, my younger one, I think she is probably words of affirmation and physical touch. My older daughter, Brinkley, if I'm guessing, and I haven't had them take the test yet, but I'm, I'm going to this week. I think she's probably quality time and words of affirmation. Those, those are my guesses. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know next time if you're (laughs) You have homework now, don't you? I have homework. Um, And depending on how old your kids are, everyone out there, there is a book called A Perfect Pet for Peyton, and it's a five love languages discovery book. So if you're looking to introduce this to the kiddos in kind of a friendly way, besides just making them take the test, if you're wanting them to know, um, then that's something that's great for discussions. Um, really quickly, uh, let's see, acts of service and receiving gifts. So gifts, I, I don't know if I've ever found anyone yet that that's their first one. I know there's people out there, (laughs) but, and I think, I don't think it's just necessarily the material side of getting gifts all the time. Uh, but I think it's, you know, someone had them in mind when they picked this out, they, had, you know, they created something just for them. If it's homemade, it's along those lines. Okay. And then in terms of acts of service, this is my story. And this is one reason I want to share this with everybody is that my mom and I were at like opposite ends of the spectrum. And I did not really feel heard or understood growing up because she was acts of service, which was my bottom of mine, like in my head, acts of service. So acts of service is 
you know, cooking for that person, doing, you know, taking care of things. And in my head, you know, that just has to be done anyway. That, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you know, like as, you want a lollipop for right. making me dinner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But as an adult, uh, I, I do know better now because <laughs> I am still not an active service person where I'm, I'm not a great cook and I don't love to clean. And we, looking back, we had a very clean home and wonderful meals and all of the stuff that comes natural to her that does not to me. So I can appreciate it more now as an adult, but back then it just meant nothing. And then my husband was also acts of service. So <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> but knowing that now, um, and, and this is also an important test to retake every once in a while, because as you know, sometimes as relationships go on, um, <laughs> there different things might shift around. Acts of service <laughs> might rise to the top after a while, after years and years of marriage or relationships. So my partner, um, acts of service is becoming more important probably because I, I'm not a natural at it. Um, but it's good for me to know, like, I know she hates doing laundry. And even though I hate doing laundry, it, I can easily, you know, put some, something, um, for me to listen to and just do that. And it makes me enjoy doing it, knowing that I'm doing it for her instead of just doing it. Cause I have to, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. And, and growing up, I was words of affirmation and my mom, um, does not do that one very well. But I, it makes complete sense now. It's not just, oh, she didn't love me. I don't like what was wrong with my childhood. It's, oh my goodness, like I see exactly what happened. We were on different wavelengths. She was doing, you know, pouring out all this love in a different way. And it wasn't my language. Right. It was foreign to me. Uh, and now that I know. Um, but here's the thing. We're, we, we now have this information and we can use it. It doesn't always mean the people on the other side will want to join in this game of love languages right. <laughs> because my mom does know about this now and it, it, <laughs> she, it doesn't mean she's going to start uh, using words of affirmation. But guess what? If I start meeting her love language, that will make her feel more loved and understood and it might naturally you know, she'll be, feel loved and, and use those words of affirmation. So sometimes. And doesn't it also change your perspective of your loved ones? Like yes, completely. Yeah. Like, like you can have so much more grace for people mm -hmm. when you, when you kind of see them with a different kind of pair of glasses. Exactly. And I'm, uh, this is a whole nother podcast, but I'm a huge Brooke Castillo fan and she, you know, she talks about how, you know, someone doesn't have to meet our needs. We need to be able to be happy with who we are and happy with who other people are because they're adults and they get to make their own decisions. And if, you know, they don't know our manual, they don't know what we think they should be doing all the time. And oh, how annoying. We should love them every day, <laughs> no matter what. So it's, there's, there, we can dive deep into that, but for this episode, Five Love Languages, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, do yourself and your whole family a favor and take that little quiz. And yeah. If you have extra time, read the book. Yeah. Take, take the quiz, read the book, and then talk about it. Talk about it. That's where, that's where the real change is going to come in or the real enlightenment is when you actually start talking about it. Um, and kind of, yeah, definitely. Okay. So that 
wraps us up for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Next week, we will be be discussing co-parenting in part five of our series on divorce and parenting. Oh, it's going to be good. Co-parenting. So I know everything we've talked about so far just is good general information for everyone. Co-parenting will be a little more specific to our um, families going through separation and divorce. Yeah, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, <laughs> for more information, you can interact with us directly um, on our Facebook page at the Happy Mama Village or on our individual websites, which will be in the show notes. Um, also, check out those notes for more information and be sure to tune in next time, mamas. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Happy Mama Village. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please leave us a review, a like, and a share. And join us next week at the Village with Brian and Annie.